This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, y'all. Bayou Benders here to talk to you about the latest from our sponsors, DraftKings. Second round is in full swing, and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is that it's free to play. DraftKings free to play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during the day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at thousands of dollars in total prizes every day of the hockey playoffs and basketball. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Hey, y'all, Bayou Benders here. I just want to thank you guys for listening and just apologize for the audio quality of today's episode. Um, we're just dealing with a little bit of technical difficulties. Uh, hurricane season is coming back to Louisiana, so uh, the winds are picking up a little bit. It's a little nastier. It's been raining a lot down here. And then Mason living out in the middle of nowhere also uh, does not help. Duly noted, we know the audio wasn't the best today, but we hope that you guys still enjoy the episode. It was a great win, and uh, hopefully next episode when we can uh, get really excited, the audio is a bit better. But just just in advance, we'd like to apologize to you guys, and thank you all so much for listening. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Once again, following another phenomenal Habs victory in these playoffs. Seems like we're saying that a lot. But I'm joined by Corey, the Bayou Benders. How are you, buddy? I'm doing really great, dude. Uh, that game, it makes you just realize, like, uh, you know, this, this series should have been over with. Like, uh, it's kind of crazy to think that this team, we had no, like, barely any – you know, uh, thought could do it is is about to make the Stanley Cup 
and it makes the previous game just look like a, a missed opportunity more than just uh, getting beat by a, a, a better team. But uh, I'm doing fucking great, bud. <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, just a I, I want to say a gutsy win, even though it doesn't really sound right because we did win so handily. But I do I do think it was a gutsy win. You know, those were hard fought goals Montreal got. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> oh, sorry. Um, the Corey Perry goal was, you know, that was a hard fought goal. The Kakanyemi goal after Eric Anderson Stahl. drove to the net, fought through. Eric Stahl, yeah, Suzuki, hard fought in the corner after a nice pass from Toffoli, but that was made by Suzuki. He battled, mm-hmm. he spun off two guys, fought through some slashes, and made the pass. Like, and it was if a I'm, hard if I'm not fought mistaken, for the he boys. got just pummeled moments before that. Deno did. Oh, Deno did. That's right. That's right. Making the pass. Yeah, it was. It was a great. He that doesn't show up on the score sheet, but the, all the boys were. I'm glad you reminded me of that. Um, all the boys were quick to uh, point that out. That yeah, Dano basically made that goal happen, and uh, you know Price's performance has just been. I mean, what can you say about that? That was phenomenal. Like for people who don't watch hockey down here, like my buddy Matt is gonna watch, you know, the next game with me. But like, there's just artistry with Carey Price right now. Like this is like every game is like a historical moment in the future. People will look back and just, just in awe of, you know, one of the last um, teams that have, you know, a, a number one and not like a dual system that can still handle it. And Carey Price has proven that, you know, like he might be getting up there in age, but like skill is still present. And when it, when you like tap into it, it's just like, uh, it's out of worldly. Yeah. He's, you know, at his best, still carry fucking price. And it's been on display. Um, Vegas, interesting move to go back to Flurry. I, I thought it was weird to put Laner in, but after the way he performed, I might have kept him. I said in that, that in the game. beginning of the game. It, it was a little bit concerning to me. I think that uh, – I don't think that Marc-Andre Flurry necessarily played, played a bad game. Like you said, a lot of hard-fart um, goals, but – for Robin Leonard to ha- to do so good the previous night on a very close game, why not stay with him again? And if you if you if you sat Mark Andre Fleury to give him some rest after a performance like that, you give him the second day, you know? Yeah, I I don't know. It was just kind of weird. Like I know it. It's I, I don't know. It was hard to explain. I mean, obviously, I thought thought throwing Leonard in there initially was weird. But I wasn't dismissing him like other Habs fans were. I mean, that guy's a fucking gamer. He's a true elite starter. Arguably the best tandem in the league. That They're two very capable, not only starting goaltenders, I think they're both elite. Laner's problem's always just been injuries. And mm-hmm. obviously he's had that mental battle he's had to go through. But to put him in and for him to really keep vague like they won a game they shouldn't have won yeah they stole a large game, part and it's because of him <laughs> yeah and a lot of it was due to him and then i don't know i just thought it was a little weird um like you said three didn't play bad but he did not play to the level laner did uh no. previously uh but you know what like i'll take it um i know yeah. a lot of vegas fans <laughs> would rather they'd rather lose with fucking Mark Andre Fleury then win with Laner. So maybe they're happy in this defeat. I'm not sure. 
Yeah, but I mean, you said it right, though. They are arguably the, the best goalie tandem in the league, and I think they are. And, you know, uh, Dave, uh, our buddy Dave Aikman of, um, what is it, uh, Knights Nightly or something like that? Um, Vegas. Uh, Knights Vegas Weekly Nightly. or something like that? Uh, Vegas Nightly. Okay. Well, anyway, th- he, he retweeted something, and it came to my attention. It was like a, a fan that was just like, I'd rather – lose if it's not with Mark Andre Fleury and that and that's so selfish like you have the two best goalies uh put together to make a tandem in the fucking league utilize it you know he just stole you this game like it it, it just shows that if one's failing the other one could be put in you know um it's just it fucking it's mind-boggling just how ridiculous some fans can be Robin Leonard's amazing if we had him as a backup, uh, we'd have the best. We'd have the the best fucking tandem in the league right now. You know, um, just not yeah. Easy and I think is is, is unwise. I think arguably, I think arguably, like when you say that, I think it's funny because we arguably do have one of the best tandems in the league. I think Jake Allen's a legitimate starter as well. So, yeah, to not to not appreciate what they have, I, I mean. I'm not one for shitting on the Vegas fan base. I think one of hockey's most talk, the most toxic parts of its culture. And the reason why it hasn't grown is because fans seem to hold on to it and mm-hmm. want to protect it. Like it's ours. We don't want to let new people in. I think it's great that for the league that Greg is, Vegas is succeeding as much as I fucking hate it. I think they got handed it on a silver platter. Mm-hmm. I understand from a logical standpoint, why, right? But I got to say, I think it's partially just they're a little bit spoiled, Vegas fans, right? They they don't 100%. know how good they have it. They haven't dealt with any turmoil. Yeah, so now, look, when they don't have Laner and Flurry, oh, my God, and they're stuck with, I don't know, a fucking Anti Niemi as their starter. Yeah, Al like, Montoya, I, I'm thinking, I'm like, just, just wait, <laughs> just wait. Wait till, you know, you got to rebuild a goalie setup, you know, like you guys are tripping. Just fucking wait. It's coming. You know, you're going to have like, like the fucking sharks. You're going to have, um, you know, Jones and, and whatever. Aaron Dell is your backup. Neither one of them <laughs> can on anything, you know, like, I mean, you, exactly. But I, I'm not mad at them. Kind of like you're saying, though, like uh, people try to hold on to this. I love Vegas and their community because it's brand new. These are all fans that are still learning the game. And then there's some people that that know the game, you know, but like for the most part, it, it reminds me of, of people down here. It's people that are just getting into this game and then falling in love with it. Yeah, they're going to be passionate. They're going to be wrong a lot of times, but it's not because they're ignorant. They just don't know it yet. Uh, but I guess, you know, them boasting and shit becomes ignorant, but. I love it. It, I, it. It's to be expected. New fans are going to bring this. You know, this wasn't a hockey market, and it's become the most successful hockey market that hockey should not be in. You know, it should never be in a, a climate like this. It should never prosper. It's Vegas's very first team. They're never gonna. They're never gonna give up on this team. You know, there, there'll never probably be moments where this team's going under. It's moving. You know, uh, this is going to be a, a long haul for them, and I just. I, you know, if, if, if people are upset with them, I, I get it, but it's to, it's to be expected. It's brand new fans. It's people that are just falling in love with hockey. I give them the benefit of the doubt, you know? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's a little bit ignorant. And I do think they are. <laughs> well, they're very spoiled. I think, <laughs> like, I I guess from a, from a fan standpoint, I'm going to continue to hate Vegas. But from a, you know, responsible podcast host, I think we can appreciate, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But... You know, we're kind of getting off topic here. Montreal came away with a massive victory, three to two, going home to the Bell Center on Saint Jean Baptiste Fête de la Saint Jean Baptiste in Francais. Um, oui. <laughs> oui. Yeah. So, <laughs> for those of you who aren't that well informed on it, um. Saint-Jean-Baptiste Saint Jean is a uh, basically just a Quebecois holiday. Um, it's not celebrated in any other province as far as I know. Mm-hmm. might be celebrated in New Brunswick. There's a lot of um, uh, Quebecois and Francophone people living out there. But I can tell you it's definitely not celebrated in um, anywhere west of Quebec. Um, basically, it's just a... Um, it's kind of hard to explain. It's like the, from my understanding, I might be butchering this. It's kind of the patron saint of Quebec. It's just their, their national, because they are recognized a distinct nation holiday in Quebec. It's a, it's a pretty big deal. And needless to say, if Montreal can clinch their first birth to the Stanley cup final since 93, on Saint Jean Baptiste Day, it would cap off a run uh, that Montreal has been on. That's basically just been written in the stars. Yeah, this is uh, it's falling into destiny. You know, uh, like couldn't be written any better. This is like in a golden book. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, uh, I don't know much about that holiday, but I, I like it. Um, I think this is really cool that it falls on this. Um, I guess just a quick question into the future of that game. And then we'll go back to a little bit more talk of the game. Cause I, uh, I feel like we kind of overlooked it a bit and it definitely deserves a little bit more time, but do you think they come with Leonard in Montreal or does Marc-Andre Fleury either finish it out or continue, you know, keep the, keep the momentum moving like, forward? Are you asking me if they, they go in with flower? Or yeah. Are they going to, are they going to take flower or are they going to go in with Robin Leonard? Um, well, Laner is already acknowledged publicly that Marc Andre Fleury is the number one goalie. He's a francophone player from Quebec. He's got them here. He's won them half their games in this series. He's a Hall of Famer and a three time Stanley Cup champion. So I think they're definitely going to go with Marc Andre Fleury. I don't think flip flopping your goalies around every other game is a sound strategy, and it's not one that I see Pete DeBoer implementing. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I think that's solidly said. You know, I would, I could see them putting Leonard, but at the same time, this guy got you there. Let him finish it out, or you know, on to the next game. But um, I guess just double back real quick. Uh, the the Max Pacioretty goal. Um, do you think that that was a miss attempt, or did you think he tried to stutter to give himself a better chance on uh, Corey Perry? I mean, on Carey Price, who he has not been able to find the back of the net with. Oh, that was just a fuck up. It was a fortunate fuck up, but Pacioretty's game has always been, it's not a finesse game. It's a, I have one of the fastest snapshots in the league 
and you can't catch up to my release. I don't think there is any sort of intent there. I mean, he displayed his shot right after, right? It's phenomenal. Right. And yeah, that was just... Because if it had been a fake, I think Price would attract it, honestly. I think when you fake yourself out, you're going to fake the goalie out pretty good too. Right. Okay. Because uh, I was I was actually blown away by it because I was thinking like him and Mark Stone have not been able to find the back of the net. So I was like, maybe they are willing to try anything at this point, especially in a game that's getting away from them uh, at home. You know, maybe a, a stutter step almost could get it away. But um, like you said, though, an absolute, you know, fucking laser uh, went on point, but um, it was just, it was the only reason I guess I thought it too is because if you look like he, it looks like he fakes it, misses it. And then it's perfectly the, um, the defender moves in front and he just finds, you know, it lines it up right after the defender moves past him. That's why I was like, wow, that is like, that is such like, you know, an Alex Ovechkin, like high caliber offense sniper thought process, like, fake it here, let him move past, and then immediately send, send a bullet and maybe we'll, we'll be Carey Price. But uh, I was excited because I was like, damn, like they're resorting to like the craziest tactics to try to, you know, outbrain Carey Price right now. But either way, um, Max Pacioretty finally, finally finds the back of the net. They're still showing him a lot, and I kind of hate it. But at the same time, I, I guess we can wrap it up right after this. I want to get your thoughts on it. Um how do you think Max Pacioretty feels? Obviously, he wants his team to win. It's his career. He wants to win where he is. But you do you think at any point Max Pacioretty is just like in awe that seven years ago he was in this place? He was one of the young guys making this team capable of moving forward and is now seven years later moved on, but things are finally back into a, a place of, of where he left it in his glory days, I guess you could say, in Montreal. Uh, do you think he's he would be any bit uh, proud of this organization or is it just full on, you know, just upset because, you know, they're, they're just not they're not staying to par with a team that he left? I don't think he's upset that like I don't I don't think there's any I don't think there's any sort of malice among any of the parties involved mm-hmm. like you have to understand is that it's a business at the end of the day and everyone knows it's a business management knows it's a business the players know it's a business like this shit happens and and i I believe he also wanted the trade if i'm not mistaken i believe he brought it to their attention he yeah there's always been the the rumors and i think it's been all but confirmed he asked for a trade at least once Mm -hmm. it is what it is like if Harry Price had to come to Mark Bergeron at the start of the season and he asked for a trade, I think, you know, I think I would have been okay with that. I think he would have been justified, right? right? Like, I think when Max, when you look at where Montreal was, like, they weren't exactly the pinnacle of hockey organizations. And I think both parties are happy. Like, look where look where we are when the third round, like, mm-hmm. We're about to whoever wins this has a shot at a Stanley Cup. I think both all parties involved are just happy. And I think it's a rare trade that worked out for everybody. I like that. Nicely put. Um yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Uh 
but they just show him show him so much on the bench. And sometimes it's a it's a very intense look, you know, because um, they're just trying to figure out the pieces. But um, I wonder if he's just feeling like, you know, because he was the young he was the young guy that was making the difference, and then the seven year fuck up happened where things were being rebuilt and he finally moved on and he moves on to a team that is, that is successful. And it actually rejuvenated his, his career back to where it was. Um, if he feels any bit of, you know, sentimental seeing this, this team finally get its bearings. Right. And actually I, I tweeted it, you know, at these, these last seven years of heartache of watching our favorite team, you know, some of our favorite players leave this team, this organization, um, and to not really have much success to finally find it. And it's better than what it was before minus, um, your favorite fucking defenseman ever. But, um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like it was worth it, I guess. See what you're saying. Yeah. And I just, I don't know if there's much reminiscent because you look at that, that team, I guess, um, mm-hmm. that Max Pacioretty left, uh, he was injured that year. But he didn't lead the team by any means. Remember, that was a pretty down year for yeah, him. That was, that was the year Galley led the team with 54 points, 31 goals. Galchenyuk was our second leading scorer, right? Yeah. Um, like, if it's looking at this roster, Galchenyuk's gone, Pacioretty's gone, Houdon, Placanis was still on the team, Andrew Shaw, Carr, Ben, Delorier, De La Rose, Carl Olsner. You remember Joe Murrow, Byron Froes. Um, Nikita Sherback was still around, David Schlemko, Jacob Jarabet. Like, this was not a good hockey team, and most of the guys on this hockey team aren't even affiliated with the organization anymore. Uh-huh. I don't – like, I'm looking here and just, like, quickly glancing. The only guys – there's only about six guys that Patch already played with. And in the case of – um Shea Weber, it was only a year. And then, you know, Weber took over his captaincy. Um, Deneau would have been a seat. Like, I just – I don't think there's much nostalgia there. And it, it has – it's been almost four years. Like, I think if we had a met the year after, maybe. But I don't, I don't think there's any looking back at this point. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't say more or less looking back. Just uh... – I guess nodding and, you know, like they finally got it together. You know, he was here for a very great run, a very depth team. Like I was saying, uh, Andre Markov, you know, PK um, just had a really great team around him um, and then went through the downs of it and then decided he needed to move on um, to see the team finally back in <laughs> the weirdest momentum ever. Um, His old team f- coming back with an exciting run. But yeah, I guess we can move on. Okay, last thing. Uh, how about how about that Paul Byron almost goal? Just uh, remarkable talent. Um, this guy has literally become my absolute favorite player right now. Um, but had that moment last night. Uh, just absolutely flashes, dangles right in front of uh, Mark Andre Fleury, and just just barely misses. Yeah, it was impressive. I thought it was a great save on Fleury's part but it was also a great display of speed from Paul Byron to even get in that position. Yeah. I thought it was fucking awesome. Um, but uh, last thing, I guess uh, all three of our futures scored uh, last night and it was, uh, it was amazing. Um, and the fact that uh, 
Jesperi Kotkaniemi's actually younger than both of them, if I'm not mistaken. I think Cole and Suzuki are both 21, and Jesperi's still being 20. Um, Jesperi tied. No. no, I'm wrong. Cole, Cole's Johnson 2019. KK is Johnson 2018. Yeah, fuck up on my I end. think um, KK and uh, – yeah, but I, I see your point, sir. No, no, you, nothing, nothing wrong. But uh, KK ties uh, Gretzky and Sidney Crosby last night with, I want to say, nine goals uh, before the age of 21. He's still got a little ways to go. I think the the leader is 15, but uh, I think that's a remarkable, very, very, very uh, weird stat. But uh, anytime you can tie those two, it's just uh, – <laughs> it becomes an amazing stat for you, you know, but um, I think that's it folks. Um, we're both excited just as much as you guys are for this next game. Um, I don't know how to say the name of the, the day where it is for Jean Baptiste, uh, but Mason, why don't you close us out? And uh, that was perfect. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you actually, you actually nailed that pronunciation. And Saint Jean Baptiste Day, um, you know, obviously we're very, very, very excited for this game. Hopefully, Montreal can end it here, and I'm hoping maybe we get to hear some célébus on Saint Jean Baptiste Day. And you know, thanks for once again for listening. I mean, we're nothing without you guys, and we appreciate the support. It's been a long haul. We've definitely stuck around longer than we thought we would, so we just kept pumping them out. And hopefully next time we speak, we're uh, headed towards Stanley Cup Final. Yeah, hopefully so. Uh, yeah, I figured I nailed the name of it just because uh, we have a bunch of streets named after that. But, like, as far as, like, the entirety of the French before the word and after, I wasn't going to fucking nail. But, uh, folks, thank you all so much. Please follow us at – Habs Nightly on Twitter and Bayou Benders. We can't wait to talk to you guys soon, and hopefully it is uh, with much excitement to be heading to our first Stanley Cup since 1993. So you guys have a great night. We'll talk to you all soon. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, you know what? I'm I, just I, so I, heated because of what, what you're telling me because I, I do not want to live in a world <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni. You're putting powder. No, no, no. Mac, macaroni, as you call it. It's a substitute for KD. God. <laughs> oh my God! Go to go to Italy. If you ask, open some fucking no, 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 no. If you ask any Canadian, would they rather have macaroni or KD? They will tell you KD is the best. It is superior. It is a fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country, with my co-host Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, 
we've still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc Rouge, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put Um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great night.